bumming with Bob. Let's have a few brews. We'll have some fun with the bum wine crew. So kick your feet up and grab you a beer. Cause damn man, I'm glad that you're here. All right, all right, all right. This is Bumwine Bob welcoming you to an all-new edition of Bumming with Bobcat. And this week we have the host of Subway Sports Talk joining us. Pete Kennedy is here. How are you doing, Pete? Welcome to the show. I'm doing fantastic. And I got to say, a great way to get a podcast going is to, when I heard you say, make sure you have your drink ready and we'll have a good time. We're just going to go, you know, put it all out on the field. Throw the cleats out on the field. You know, just let it ride. Let's get some sports takes going. We'll talk about life. Who knows where it's going to go? But we're going somewhere. We're happy doing it. Right. Here we go. And we're, I'm going to crack it open right there. So so cheers to you. So what are you uh, What are you drinking tonight? So I tap my glass at least. Maybe that sounds like something. I have and that's fine. That's fine. I do, I do that too. You know, you, I mean, I got Mrs. Pan <laughs> here, but I, I heard the little cling. So <laughs> there you go. I actually, so I made a big mistake. Not a big mistake, but I made a mistake. I went to the store the other day to buy Guinness because, let's be honest, it's Guinness season, and I love Guinness. I'll drink Guinness in the summertime. People think I'm crazy for that. We can get into that in a moment. (laughs) But I went to buy Guinness, and everybody should know that if you're buying Guinness, you should be buying the cans Mm because the canned drought just works better. I don't know the science behind it. but It's the the nitro cans. They have the little... The little ball on the bottom the thing right? there that makes it all worthwhile. I don't know how it works, this, the science behind it, but it, it just tastes so much better. <laughs> exactly. So I made the mistake. I didn't really take a look at this box that I was buying and it was bottles. Uh, so that was a little disappointing. Okay. But nonetheless, it's still delicious. It's just, it's just slightly less delicious than the can. But I have a nice Guinness in a glass poured out, uh, which does make a difference as well. And I'm enjoying myself. I actually have another one ready because this one was already halfway down. So when I open yeah. that one, I'll make sure to do it on my <laughs> There you go. There you go. See, that's perfect. Yeah, it, it is. You know, it's, it's fall. The cooler weather's here. So that means it's time to shift gears from your quote-unquote summer beers to your fall winter beers. And, yes, Guinness does have that, that ambiance, I guess. I mean, I think of it still more of the... You know, this is, I mean, it's the St. Patrick's Day beer. I mean, that that's for sure. I mean, it's Guinness, but still it's that winter, you know, cooler months. But I mean, you're, you're the crazy guy out there cracking it open on a 90 degree day out. <laughs> but hey, no shame, no shame in that. Let me, let me get personal with you here real quick. There's a reason for it. So I love Guinness the most, maybe not the most. That's a tough thing to say because I do love my, my hazy IPAs. Those are my big time favorite in the summertime. Um, but the Guinness specifically, because there's no real carbonation in a Guinness, it doesn't make me feel bloated. And I have an issue with feeling bloated when I drink too much beer, can't get the burps out properly. And I'm getting real personally with you in the first 10 minutes of the podcast. But that's what I feel like we're getting into tonight. So I uh, I drink the Guinness. It makes my t- stomach feel normal. And I enjoy the hell out of the taste. So I'll drink it whenever. It's not a, it's not a heavy beer. It's a light beer, in my opinion. It's a good point. You, you do have that right. It does have a different heaviness feel to it with the the carbonation and all that and so i mean like i said you don't really think of it as an all day at least for me i've never i mean i'll drink one or two guinnesses in a a sitting 
but I've never been like an all day Guinness type person. I don't know where you would be with that too. If that would be something you would pick if you were doing like an all day drinking. I mean, I think that that's still a little rough. I mean, even if you might not feel so bloated or full with it, still might be something that, uh, I don't know, after a few, I don't know how many you can handle at a time. <laughs> and yeah, it also depends how it's making you feel, right? If you have a couple and then all of a sudden you're feeling real good about yourself, you end up making a switch to some sort of bourbon or whiskey or who knows what. And then, uh, and then the, who knows where your day's going anyway. Uh, yeah, right? it, so. it, it can go downhill really fast, depending on exactly. what, what exactly. turn you take in that fork in the road. Do I stick with the beer or do I go to the hard stuff? And then all bets are off at that point. A hundred percent. You never, you never know. I do think I'm trying to think though of an example of an all day affair. I think, you know, a good place to, and you know, now, now that I'm thinking about it though, to do it all day feels tough because usually I would go Guinness for like a couple and then you end up having something else somewhere. Like say it's a cold tailgate. You're at a football game, you're mm-hmm. tailgating, you can drink Guinness the whole tailgate, but then realistically, once you get in the stadium, you're not having a Guinness, right? So it kind of ends. It automatically ends. If you're at a pub, even on St. Patrick's Day, you're at a pub, you drink a couple of Guinness, and then all of a sudden your friends are buying you a shot of Jameson, and then you're back yeah. at the house and you're eating pizza. You can't, you can't stomach it. So maybe automatically, uh, for its own good, it ends. It ends its own day on a positive. So you don't have that negativity uh, associated with it. And yeah, throw in a few car bombs too, and oh yeah, <laughs> and then then you know things are getting wild. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awesome. excited for St. Pat's. Yeah, we're so so little ways away. We're only in November now, so we got a ways to go until St. Patrick's Day. But that's usually for me. I'll that's usually the only time of year I'll drink Guinness for the most part. Is like St. Patrick's Day. I'll I'll pick up you know a four pack or so of the of the cans. Make make sure you get the cans. You got to get the little the little nitro you know thingies in there, and then pour it into the glass. Sit back and and relax with it. But when I went for today, I'm going the the opposite end of the the spectrum here. And I had to pick this up because I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to enjoy them because they have been discontinued. And that is a Keystone Ice. So this is a a throwback. You know, they're still out there. But this was one of the beers that was announced earlier this summer that um, Molson Coors was going to be discontinuing I don't know if you saw that. It was a list of like 18 beers, like all like budget beers, like the cheap ones that they said they were going to no longer produce. And Keystone Ice was on that list. So a a, a sad day for a lot of uh, people reliving their college days. Yeah, I'm sad. I'm sad. I did not know this. I'm sad right yeah, now. I know. I didn't mean. To, I didn't mean to drop that that bomb on you right here to, to bring down the show for you. But now, wait, now is it just the ice or is it Keystone Light as well? Or just the ice. Just the ice. Okay. The Keystone Light is still sticking around. Uh, Keystone Ice got the axe, and also the. The key lightfuls. I don't know if you ever saw those. They were like the like kind of like you know the Natterdays, the the natural yeah, yeah, light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Keystone came out with a similar thing a, a year or so ago. That was like their own fruity beer type yeah. thing. But uh, I could you could tell right away those were not going to be a big seller. So those got the axe. I love well. their marketing on it though. They got that. Uh, they have like a a bolo bulldog lime green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good marketing, but the thing with Keystone is sometimes their marketing trumps their product, and and I have a great time saying I'm smooth like Keystone. I know. What happened to him? I mean, I'm wondering. <laughs> I guess that was, probably, that was probably like 10, 10 years or 
so ago. <laughs> well, I, are they? I guess maybe they're not allowed to. You know, all these uh, all these rules now in the advertising game. Maybe they're not allowed to put like a character like that on. I don't know, but I, I would love to say that I'm smooth like Keith Stone, even if I wasn't drinking a Keystone. So I don't know. Maybe the Keystone brand was larger than its sales. Like the actual just love of the actual the brand beat the sales up. So I don't know. I, I'm glad you're drinking it. I'm glad Keystone Light is still in the game. Not sure when I'll have my next one of those. But <laughs> if there's a, a cooler full of cold beer and there's some random Bud Lights and some uh, Coors Lights and there's some Keystone Lights, I honestly think I'd take the Keystone Light just to be a little smooth like my boy Keith. I, I do. I, when it comes to like the cheap light beers, that recently, over, over the past few years, has kind of been my go-to pick has been Keystone Light. I've been like, it's, it's, it's cheap. It's always a good thing. And compared to like a Coors Light, I think it's a lot smoother, like our buddy Keystone <laughs> would say. Uh, I, I enjoy it. So every once in a while, I'll see it and I'm like, you know, it's like 10 bucks for like a 15 pack. And I'm like, hey, why not? Screw it. Just <laughs> pick it up. Now, let me ask you a question as the uh, you're the connoisseur over here. I have a, uh, my, you know, my girlfriend's younger brother is a current college student. So that's my connection to the college world at this point in time. And he brought over some, some stuff he had in his fridge to watch some football the other day. And he brought over hams. Hams. Yeah. I love some hams. Hams is a good one. I had never heard of hams and I'm kind of disappointed in myself. I <laughs> never have heard of hams. Before. I guess it's not a really well-known beverage. I mean, I guess the first time I had, it was probably maybe like four or five years ago, but it's not, you don't find it very often. Cause I know you're, you're in the, uh, the, the New Jersey, New York area, right? Correct. The- well, so I, I'm from New York. I work in the New York, in New York, and I currently live in a part of New Jersey that most would consider a Philadelphia part of New Jersey. So I'm in that tri-state, but I'm currently pretty close to Philly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in North Jersey. I'm close to, to PA on the, the north side of mm. it. So it it's not too too common around here, but you can find the 30 packs a lot at, at a lot of liquor stores. And it's like 16, 17 bucks for, for a 30 pack of hams. Wow. Um, every once in a while I can find a six pack of it. But it's never it's not a widely distributed beer in this area. So so I, I don't blame you for not knowing about it until recently, but it has kind of picked up a lot of steam over the past few years, kind of with their their social media and their marketing for mm-hmm. it. So it's I think they're trying to push it out there more, but but I like it. It's a good cheap beer. Um, you can't go wrong with the hams. Yeah, and they're trying to capitalize on the Keystone market, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty, and, well, I mean, they're still they're all for this. It's actually because they had it. There's a ham. Well, there was a Ham's Light as well, but that was also one of the beers that got the axe. <laughs> they're all they're all made by the same company. Ham's is also another one made by uh, Molson Coors. So they were just, I think, kind of trying to consolidate mm. the number of beers and brands they have out there because you know. These days, everything has to be. We have to try to maximize our, you know, our hard seltzers and 
right. stuff it's like that. Trying to be efficient out here. I know. It's like, just come on, keep the classic beers that people like and enjoy. Yeah, yeah. And give us back Keith Stone. That's all we want. We're not asking for much. We want Keith Stone back in our lives. And at least we got the light version of it uh, for now. But yeah, you know, it's crazy with this seltzer game. And you mentioned how Keystone actually gave a run for their own version of that. The Natter days are kind of pretty wild to me. I, I, I've had a couple in my in my time. Not the biggest fan because I think I could only drink one. You're talking about only drinking a couple of Guinness. That's the type of thing I can only drink one of. But the whole game is mixed up right now. You go into the liquor store and now there's liquor stores with entire aisles dedicated to hard seltzers and cocktails in a can, which, you know, I'll get involved with some cocktails in a can here and there. I'm not going to lie. We go to the beach, maybe take a little tequila soda in a can. I'm, I'm here for it, but it's just, it's a different world we're in here right now. Yeah, for sure. I think the, the Natter days was one that at first I tried it and I was not a fan. I think I picked up a 12 pack and then gave it, a few more tries and then it kind of grew on me after a while and i was like you know what this is not a bad beer to have even though it's a combination of a beer and a lemonade hmm. it it worked out pretty well like for the summertime refreshing yeah. um an all-day drinking beer i mean it's it's while it's technically a light beer i mean if you look at the calories it's still like <laughs> like 140 <laughs> yeah. or 150 so it's not really yeah. a actual light beer but it is, I guess, it's, it's lighter than a Guinness. Yeah, um, well, that, it's got that, that's sugar, for sure. <laughs> the sugar content perhaps is up there, but like it's sweet. You know, if you drink a bunch of those, the hangover might hit you on the, on the rear side. But during the day, you're feeling real good about yourself. Yeah, at the time, it's a great <laughs> idea. At, yeah. at, you're, you're like, yeah, give me another one. I'll take, I'll take another one. Do you just keep keep bringing them on what day but is it, it yes no it is natterday i'll take another it, one it, exactly. <laughs> every day every day is is natterday and then i think that was the original strawberry lemonade one then i still haven't had they also have a pineapple one that i i haven't tried that one yet but i'm, I'm surprised they still haven't expanded it to even more flavors at this point but i'm, I'm sure it's probably coming probably wait till the summer, summer yeah. 2022 will be <laughs> out there with the with the Natterdays variety pack. <laughs> yeah, right next to the White Claws. Your yeah. Natterday variety pack. Hey, you gotta, you gotta. How do you, to how do you feel about the White Claw? Do you are you a pro claw, anti claw? I am anti mm. anti for the most part. I'm when it you. comes to that, yeah, I've not. I, I've had them on occasion. I've not been a fan. If I want to drink a seltzer with alcohol i'd rather mix up my own like right there, I, I, I like i like drinking just regular you know flavored seltzers you know non-alcoholic ones i'd rather take that mix up some vodka or some other type of liquor in there with them and then control the <laughs> the alcohol content that i'm giving myself right that way but i don't know something with the white claws just it's kind of a, a funky aftertaste to them. Yep. I'm with you. That uh, malt liquor, whatever they're doing with that malt liquor situation there, it just doesn't sit well with me. I'd, I'm with you. I'd rather mix my own cocktail uh, on my own on the side. Even like the high noons are technically not malt liquor sodas like seltzers. They're vodka sodas. 
even those, they give me a little bit of a funky aftertaste and they're expensive as hell. I'm not trying to break the bank on those. No, right no. Yeah. And that's, and it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's 5%, you know, for white clothes, 5% alcohol. And you know, it's, you know, 100 calories. So it's the, it's the light alternative to, you know, drinking, but it just doesn't do it. Uh, my, my cousin brought over over the summer, he brought the, the white claw iced tea variety pack. And he was like singing the praise. He's like, man, you got to try these. The, these are awesome. The, the you, You'll love them. I crack one open. I have a sip. I'm like, this just kind of tastes like a, a flat, like diet iced tea. Mm. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this, this doesn't do it for me. You know, lemon, peach, raspberry, and mango, I think, were the, were the flavors. And it was like, no, you know, it still still doesn't do it. Uh, I'll I'll pass on on these, and but people love them. I mean, it's the yeah. <laughs> the big thing, and every everything now. You got your Bud Light seltzers, Coors seltzers. Corona um, has them. Corona has them. Everybody out here. Yeah, I mean, now I did now, which will be coming now. Well, by the time this this podcast, by the time people are listening to this podcast, the feature will be up on the website at bumwinebob.com. I was trying out, and I've been trying out this week, the the barefoot, these are wine seltzers. Mm, I've seen them. And they've, they've been sitting in my fridge for a long time. They were, they were canned in December of 2019. So almost, almost these are two years vintage, almost. <laughs> <laughs> You're almost ready. You got to let them age a couple yeah, more months. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, pretty much. But I was like, you know what? We're almost on to two years. It's finally time to to crack them open and, and try them out, and they're 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 little they're eight ounce cans, four percent alcohol, and they're the wine based seltzers. It's seltzer, wine, and natural flavors, and surprisingly, these are not that bad. Mm. I mean, not not great. Is it something I would go out of my way to to purchase? Probably not. But on the hard seltzer scale, um, they'd probably be towards the top of my list because they're they're not very offensive. They're easy to drink. I mean, it's a it's a little eight ounce can, so it goes down pretty quick, and don't taste any alcohol, no funky aftertaste. So the if you come across the the barefoot wine seltzers. Hmm. Um, they 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 will be on the verdict of the two drink of the the bum wine bob uh, to drink or not to drink I love that. Uh, feature so so that's a little little food for thought for everybody out there. I think a, a good a good way to think about the scale too. I, I was talking about in the cooler before, right? You're in a backyard or something in the summertime, or you know you can even make it seasonal, right? You're in a house and there's a cooler in the house in the wintertime, right? It could change, but you open up a cooler. And you see now a barefoot wine seltzer, and then you see a white claw next to it. I know what I'm choosing. I'm choosing the barefoot wine seltzer now, based off the bum wine bob <laughs> approval and the fact that I know what I'm getting into with a white claw, and I I know I'm not gonna love it. So I'm trying something new. So in the cooler scale, that's that's on my my list of hell yeah, I'll try it out. Let me give it a go. I'll see what it's all about, and then maybe we'll, we'll learn something new, something that we do like. Yeah, hey, I'm I'm one for all for trying out new drinks. And, and new beverages. Now, do I really want to spend the money on them? 
Uh, usually no. <laughs> if, if it's in front of me and somebody hands it to me and says, hey, can you try this like with with the white claws or with with this barefoot the, the wine seltzers full disclosure i did not pay for either of those myself so i'm like all right sure i'll drink it i, mm. I have no shame <laughs> i have no shame in that so but yeah it's something different um i was going into it thinking i was not going to enjoy them but after a few i still at as of today i still have one more flavor to try but I, i'm assuming it i think the last one i have to try is it's like a peach and, and nectarine mm. like that so so this is a pretty good pretty good so we'll we'll see it's uh it's an interesting time for the the world of beverages and, <laughs> and everything along with this so we'll see what they come up with next what will be the next big thing i mean i'm still waiting for uh, zima's next return but you know, maybe in a few years they'll they'll bring it back again. What is Zima? I'm unfamiliar. Oh, you don't know Zima? Oh, I think man. I am. Oh, see, uh -oh. am I getting am I getting the boot early? <laughs> 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 well, the well the, the Zima is is the legendary clear alcoholic beverage from the '90s. I'm sure. What you I'm say? A picture right now. Yeah, and kind of got a cult following. It was like the original malt beverage before like your Smirnoff ices of the world and things like that. And then it was, it was all hyped up. This was in like the mid nineties. I mean, this was before, I mean, I was anywhere close to, you know, legal drinking age when <laughs> this was, was coming <laughs> out. And then, then they discontinued it maybe in, in the early two thousands. And then three or four years ago, they, they brought it back. And then this yeah, big, big marketing thing, and they brought it back for about two years, and then took it off the shelves again. So we're still waiting for the return. If you can find some out there, wow. I'm sure there might be some sitting on a shelf in some store. Like I said, it's only a few years old, so it's just a little, little vintage. I could see uh, this making a comeback it. too, like being in a vintage party. Like you have you market it around the idea of throwing these like throwback style parties in the summertime. You know, you have people dress like exactly the nineties. Exactly. Now that's right? essentially when they, when they brought it back a few years ago, they were doing this whole nineties throwback thing because, you know, nostalgia sells no matter what. Mm -hmm. And if it's the eighties or the nineties, people are now leaning more towards the nineties nostalgia these days. So I think it will, it'll find its way back once again yeah it's interesting i had never heard of that before and I'm, I'm born in the 90s so unfortunately i definitely was not a drinking age. right right <laughs> <laughs> no i wasn't quite ready for that i wasn't even in the uh the non-legal drinking age you know like when, when you're getting close right 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 yeah yeah when you're in your high school the the high school when you're you're sneaking in the the wine coolers <laughs> yeah, whatever you get your hands on type of thing yeah 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 but hey i mean there's a lot of great choices out there and like you said when it comes to tailgating you always got to pick the the right beverage before before game time and i know you're all in on the tailgating since your podcast is all sports related we're in the thick of the nfl season now you know we're recording this right before week 10 is ready to kick off I me mean, that I'm, I'm amazed that we're already this far into the, the NFL season. I mean, it seems like to me, 
that the season just started and now it's already, you know, 10 weeks in and you're like, damn, where did the time go? <laughs> oh man. You really, you blink and you're like, Oh my God, we're halfway through the season. We're doing mid season awards and we're looking at the playoff picture already. Like this is crazy. And then the craziest part about it to me is trying to, you know, comprehend what these games mean every single week and understand who's actually good. Who's actually bad. Who's on the come up. Who's on the fall down. It changes so much week to week. Like if you think back just two weeks, I had some guys from Kentucky who are Cincinnati fans because uh, they're located right by Cincinnati. I learned uh, I didn't realize that was a thing, but apparently it's normal, right? <laughs> so these guys from Kentucky are big Bengals fans. I had them on my podcast. I was on theirs two weeks ago, two weeks ago when I was on their show, they were on top of the world. They just beat the Ravens. Everything was amazing. I had them on my show this Monday. They went from first in the AFC. Now off the uh, season into today, they're not even in the playoffs. Like that's how quickly this stuff changes. And now you look up and there's seven weeks left or eight weeks left. If you count week 10 and it's just madness is on its way, even more so than we've had already. And that's because those Bengals, they, the Bengals lost to the jets and that was all downhill <laughs> for them. I mean, that, hey, that's jets are my team. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, are you feeling the Mike White fever? I don't. I don't. I don't buy. I don't buy it. I. I I've been burned too many times over the years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that I know not to get my hopes up. I know everybody's hyping up Mike White, and okay, I guess he had you know a great game against the Bengals, and he gets hurt against the Colts, and we'll see. We'll see what he does against the the Bills this weekend and if you're listening to this by the time this drops it might have already happened <laughs> so either we're going to be right or totally wrong on this but I don't know I I don't know I, I just can't get I can't get too hyped up on him after one full game and yes he looked good starting off in the Colts game and then he gets hurt and that kind of just deflated everything with the team, even though the Jets somehow not kept it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was, they were getting blown out. Then it kind of came back at the end, but I mean, it's, you know, it's not essentially garbage time at that point, but it, it was pretty close to it when, you know, I don't think, I don't think the Colts were too worried that the Jets were going to, you know, sneak up on them and win that game. No. Yeah. They, uh, they made it respectable, but no, it was not. Right. You, you look at the final box score and you're like, Oh wow, that's a, you know, that's a pretty close game, but when you look at, okay, when when were all these points scored? Then you look, okay, the Colts kind of front-loaded the scoreboard, and then the Jets came in at the end to try to catch up, but it was like, no, there's no way they're going to win that game. And I, and I was and I, I was hopeful last, like, at the Colts game, that the Jets would win that game and that Mike White could show that, okay, he's the real deal, but then you get hurt, and it's just all downhill from there. Yeah, it's tough. It's one of those things where, yes, it's impressive what he's doing, but if you want to make the most realistic assessment, which it sounds like you're doing that, you have to kind of give defenses a chance to prepare for the guy. Like with Zach Wilson, you can say there's no tape on him going into week one and, and week two, really. But, you know, the team knows who they're getting into. They can watch college. They can understand his tendencies, what he likes to do. Mike White came off the bench. No one expected him. No one really knew much about him. And he was able to do very simple things successfully. What happens after three weeks, right? Where now you face 
a team that's been preparing for Mike White. Does he look that comfortable? Does he make all those throws as easily as he was uh, in his first game? So that's the type of thing that Jet fan needs to be careful of right now because some Jet fans get so damn excited, and I'm sure there's plenty of Jets fans in your life who you can think of off the top oh, of yeah, your head. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh. And you hear them on the radio, and they're like, oh, this oh. is great. It's like, all right, calm down. Like I said, how many times have you seen a quarterback come in, make his first start? He's amazing. And then the next week, okay, he's decent. Then that third game is just he's getting destroyed because now the now the teams have tape on him. They know what he's doing. They know how he they know how he plays. They can prepare for him. Like you said, when he's coming in off the bench, nobody's seen him play in a in an NFL game before. You have nothing to prepare for, and then he's gonna yeah he's gonna light you up because you're like okay what is this guy what can he do, and then three four weeks later it's like okay he's just. That was just another flash in the pan, one and done. Okay, move on to the next one. Right. Yeah, Matt Flynn, right? Comes yeah, to yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he got, got himself a big contract out of it, too, and yeah, see, see how that turned out. Hey, good, for him, good for him, though. Good for him, though. Great for him. Go get your money, man. Yeah. He'll have to be drinking Keystone Lights with us. Yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, People on Twitter are talking about Mike White getting like a, a real contract that, like already. I'm like, dude, we played five quarters. Like, I know. <laughs> Zach Wilson still should be your future. Let's not shift all the way across the uh, the line here just yet. Let's give it a couple more weeks first. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Any any NFL team, any NFL fans are always playing for you know living in that moment. And okay, who's who's got the hot hand this week? Who can we rally behind? And just hoping that okay, as as Jets fans, we know that we've been waiting for for years for that that one quarterback to to take the reins and and be the franchise guy. And you've seen spots here and there over the years of, okay, you know, I mean, the last time, you know, it's been 10 years since, 11 years now since the Jets, you know, were in the playoffs, you know, in in the Mark Sanchez years and in those two playoff runs. And it's just like, it, it seems like a lifetime ago at this point. I'm sorry, I did not expect my ASMR uh, attempt there with the beer opening to work out as loud as it did. I hope it didn't. <laughs> I, I heard, I did hear it in the background and I was like, I was like, I was like, Oh, what is that? Oh, okay. He's, he's, he's doing it now. Okay, good. I told you I was going to do the next one on microphone. I didn't realize it was going to be so clear. I, yeah. I, it. I was like, Oh my God, I really picked up every sound there. I should have waited for a break. I could have done it for the listeners and it could had a real ASMR session. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but now my, my second drink is now poured. Cheers. And I agree. The Mark Sanchez front, it's a interesting time to look back on for the Jets because there was never a real point in time where anyone outside of New York or New Jersey, really, for that matter, thought Mark Sanchez was awesome. But Jets fans, Sanchez, right? Oh, he's mm-hmm. the Sanchez. He's the dude. He's calm, cool, collected. He does what he needs to do. We love him. But, but you also kind of knew it wasn't him. It was the defense. It was the run game. It was the coaching and the intensity this team played with. And you love those moments, but you also knew there was some other grass somewhere that was greener. And that was realistically, is that the best jet stretch of, uh, it's definitely the best jet stretch of, of my lifetime. I don't know about yours. Um, uh, but like, it's just a weird time to think back on. Cause it's so clearly not, they couldn't reach their fullest potential. 
because of Mark Sanchez, but he was also the head honcho on one of the best runs in Jets history, really. So it's a really weird catch-22. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, you had two straight years, AFC Championship games, and he does the first one in his rookie season. Nobody expected them to, you know, make make the playoffs, let alone make it that far. And then the, the second the second year, they get into the playoffs. They they run through. They 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 beat New England, which was pretty much their Super Bowl of of beating New England that year. And then just came out flat against the Steelers in the AFC Championship game. And then couldn't make it back after that. But it was, yeah, I mean, it was essentially the the defense and, and Mark Sanchez just trying to hold it. <laughs> Don't screw up and just get, get us through these games and <laughs> try to make it to a Super Bowl. But after that, it was just downhill. And, and since then, it's just been that revolving quarterback door of, you know, Geno Smith and and Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and Darnold and and now Wilson and, and Mike White and just trying to find that one guy that can that can stick stick it out and and get us somewhere. And who who knew uh, after the Eli Manning era the Giants are in the same exact boat? You know, we want that same. We're all striving for that same exact goal at this point. Can we just have a quarterback who we know? is going to put us in the best spot to win consistently. It's not, it doesn't sound like much to ask for, but you look, look around the league and a lot of teams are in that boat for a long time. Yeah, but hey, but at least the Giants have two Super Bowls. That's true. That. So you, you can't point. complain about that. And, and, and a solid quarterback at Eli Manning for for that whole stretch of time. That's true. So, I mean, any, any Jets fan would trade that and going from the time that, that Eli came into the league and then the you know, the Jets and the, the Chad Pennington era, and then the, the Brett Favre season. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you didn't call it an era. It was too short. It, it, was, it, was, it was sad, yeah. It, it could have been. They had their chance to – I think that was probably the year that they probably could have made a run, but then the whole Favre injury thing and, right. and all that. I mean, I, I was at the game at, at Giant Stadium when, when Favre – through the the four touchdowns and he he broke like all these Jets passing records and they they destroyed the Cardinals. This was it in two thousand eight and it was like oh man this is awesome Favre's here we're, we're gonna do it you know they're they're like eight and eight and three or something like that to to start the season and then it was just the the snowball effect of all just going downhill <laughs> from there and then it was like. Oh great! This is same old Jets again, and then then Favre retires, and then unretires, goes 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 again, goes to the Vikings, and all that stuff. Then that, but it, but it did bring in the Mark Sanchez era after that. And yeah, got them those those two playoff runs, and then nothing since then. So and how how wild is this? So Brett Favre had twenty two touchdowns with the Jets that two thousand eight season that you're talking about. And he also had 22 interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next year, he had 33 touchdowns with the Vikings to only seven interceptions. Like he was awesome that year with the yeah, Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. It was bizarre, uh, frankly. And then he fell off a cliff again at age 41, 11 touchdowns, 19 interceptions. He didn't even finish the season. But what a wild three year span there for Brett Favre. Like just craziness. 
Right. Hey, that's how, hey, that's how, when when you retire, then you go to the Jets, then you retire again. You go to the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, it's not supposed to be normal when you do something like that. I guess. No, no, not not <laughs> flip flopping. your I'm gonna retire. Uh, you know, two months later, and you know, I'm not retiring. Then at the end of that season, okay, I'm retiring. Uh, you know, what? no, never mind. Again, we're not retiring now. Yeah, it's Strange. just crazy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's it, it's tough to. To, to get a pulse on 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 where well where definitely where the Jets are when it comes to any other teams in the league. I don't know. It's such like you said. It's the where the Bengals were a few weeks ago. They're in first. They're not in the playoffs. And even now, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure how you feel is probably the same way. Is the it's just so many teams are are up and down this season. I mean, I know I know you've had a you had a bad week with your picks. Uh, this past week, <laughs> but don't don't worry about. It. I, no, I'm in, in in my in we do a uh, we do a pick'em league, uh, a, a bumwine Bob pick'em league, and we we just pick up every week. We pick every game just just straight up. You know wins. You know winners. We're not going against the spread or anything like that. And I am still in. Well, of people that are actually participating, still. You know, one person never picked a game <laughs> all season, <laughs> so he's zero and one thirty six. And then one person picked uh, the first week, went, got seven right the first week, which is you know somewhat you know middle of the pack. Right. And then right above that is is me with my my seventy eight uh, total points. So I'm seventy eight and fifty eight for the season so far, and in, in in last of you know. Uh, people who are actively participating and the person at first has 93. So mm. there is absolutely no way that I can come anywhere close to <laughs> winning. Hey, uh, you never know, man, with how this league is going. Like I, I bet nobody uh, picked the Jaguars last week, right? Like yeah. they're, they're one of the most, not the Jaguars, sorry. The bills to me are one of the most interesting teams because everybody's kind of thought of them as, as the one AFC team through all this wackiness, you can kind of trust to be good and to put out a good performance every week. But you look at their schedule and they don't really have many impressive wins. They have beaten the Dolphins twice, which the Dolphins are the second worst team in the AFC right now. They beat the football team, which they're not very good. The Texans are the worst team in the, uh, in the AFC right now. And they beat the Chiefs, who are not the Chiefs. They're imposters. They're like the, the Monstars. Right, <laughs> and they got their powers yeah, it's taken just, away. It's the fake, the fake Chiefs. Yeah, yeah the fake Chiefs. It's like uh, Chris Paul in the State Farm. It's Patrick Mahomes in the State Farm commercial, except they're doing uh, Pete Mahomes instead of Pat Mahomes. Right, like right. <laughs> they're they're just making it up. It's not him. So what is impressive there? They lost to the Steelers. They lost to the Titans, and now they lost to the Jaguars. Now, obviously, that's kind of a fluke. But we thought they were the most trustworthy team in the AFC. I'm not impressed. Like, granted, they're going to go play the Jets this week. They might win. They might go get beat by Mike White. Who knows? They got the Saints. After that, they got the Colts, Saints, Patriots, Buccaneers. We're going to learn if the Bills are for real in the next four weeks. And yeah, that's uh, a tough stretch. Yeah, right now it's kind of easy, not easy, but it's it's realistic to say, oh, wait, they actually haven't been that impressive this year. Their top-ranked defense, they've beaten bad teams mostly. Their, their offense has been kind of stagnant a lot this year. It's kind of weird based off what you expected out of them and what we thought of them with their five and two record. Now it's kind of like they're five and three. They haven't had any impressive wins. Like if this was college football or college basketball, we'd be saying, Hey, where's their best win? Where's their best loss? Like they kind of have a weird, a weird go at it at this point. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, it, it's a lot of up and down this season with, with some teams. And you think, okay, they're, they're doing great. And then you get a few bad losses, like, like the Chiefs. You're starting off hot. And then now they're like on this downslope. You're like, okay, what the hell is going on? This has been like the best team in the league <laughs> for the past couple seasons. And they're just not playing like that anymore. So it's okay. Who's going to step up this, this final part of the season? And who can really come out and say, okay, these are the the best teams of, of both the AFC and the NFC. I mean, who would be? I mean, what what what's your hot take of of teams that you think will kind of pick up the pace over the the final stretch of the season and really make a run towards the playoffs? So, a team that's not currently in. The slot right now, or a team that could be. In yeah, the it slot. could could be either way. I mean, I mean, whatever you think. Who do you think will will really kind of grab the reins and say, okay, these are the the teams that, regardless if they're good now or they they kind of hit a downslope. I mean, who right. do you think will come? You know, week uh, week eighteen now will be at the top of the uh, the rankings. Yeah, I think this one's. Not, I'll go with my not so hot take first. And that goes to the NFC West. I do think the Rams end up outlasting, and I'll say outlasting specifically um, against the Car- uh, Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals beat them head to head. They've been unstoppable so far this year. You know they only have one loss. Obviously, they're eight and one. But I just think the Rams overall have a better attack, more trustworthy attack with Matt Stafford in that offense. Kyler Murray's health really does scare me. I've been talking about this all year on my podcast, where it's so reliant on him being special that it makes me nervous that it's not sustainable for an entire season. When he's running around making all these awesome plays where he flashes his incredible talent, it's so fun, right? But how sustainable is that for uh, 17 weeks or 17 games, I should say? He's already banged up. It's an ankle that's going to make it harder for him to move around in the pocket. Not that he runs the ball that much because he really doesn't. I've, I've also highlighted that on my pod. He hasn't had success running the ball since like week three. He's not running the ball for touchdowns. He's not gaining a lot of yards on the ground. Now, granted, it hasn't mattered. He's throwing the ball in the air better than anyone in the league, pretty much. But it makes me nervous when he starts getting banged up. So I think the Rams outlast the Cardinals and end up winning the NFC West and are a better playoff contender than the Cardinals as well. Uh, But as far as like a hot take, I did a week ago, I put some money on the Chiefs to win the AFC West. I'm not impressed with the Chargers anymore. I'm not trusting the Raiders to be the best team in the AFC West. Now, that's probably not that hot of a take either because I'm backing Patrick Mahomes, but the odds were plus odds. It was over plus 200 when I put the bet in for Kansas City to win their division, which I just thought was insane. And it was odds that if I lost that bet, I can live with it. But when you cut, when you break it all down, are we going to trust a first-year head coach and a second-year quarterback in the Chargers, the Raiders who always seem to blow it, or the Chiefs who have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid to figure it out and get back on track? Even with all this horrendous play to this point, they're five and four and they have a softer schedule coming up. I think we could turn around and say in a couple weeks, like, oh, wow, the Chiefs just beat the Raiders twice in four weeks. They beat the Broncos again. They got the Steelers and the Bengals and the Chargers coming up late in the season. And they're playing a lot of AFC uh, contenders. They had a bunch of games against the AFC West. If they take care of business, they control their own destiny. I think the Chiefs could still end up winning this AFC West and being right back where they probably belong, which is deep in the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think the Chiefs are a team that, while right now they're they're not playing that great, but I think they'll 
they'll they'll get it together by the time the the season comes to a close. I think uh, yeah. to go through. I, I mean, have... it's surprising with the, with the amount of success that they've had with, that Mahomes has had over the years since he's he's became the starting quarterback. You you would expect at some point you're going to hit some sort of a dip and, and have some sort of adversity and not just you can't just be throwing you know, you know fifty feet to you know have some sort of a, a roadblock in the way. Yeah, and you know what? There's something that that is actually a thing in the NFL ether, if you will, and it has to do with all these Super Bowl losers from the the next year. Super Bowl losers tend to struggle the following year. It's a very weird thing, but if you think back to it, the past couple of years specifically, you had the 49ers make it to the Super Bowl and really struggle after that. And granted, Jimmy G got hurt and whatever. They got injuries up, up the wazoo. The Falcons made the Super Bowl, and they ended up not having a good year. They didn't make the playoffs the following year. The Rams probably beat that mold a little bit, but they just got rid of their quarterback. Like They made the Super Bowl, played one more year or two, and then we're like, we don't like our quarterback. Yeah, we made the playoffs with them, but we don't feel like a team that uh, to the level that we should be. The Patriots made a Super Bowl. They got rid of Tom Brady. They're in the lottery. Oh, no, there's no lottery in the NFL, but they're low in the draft, right? Like The Chiefs made it to back-to-back Super Bowls. It shows how hard it is to be good that long for three years in a row, even if you don't win the Super Bowl, to make it that far for the third year is going to be challenging without bumps in the road. The same thing happened across um, in the NBA to the Miami Heat and the Lakers last year. They had the deep run in the bubble. They were awesome. Everybody thought they were going to be great again the following season. They come back in. They're banged up. They're uninspired. They're tired. And it's hard to get back up to where you were at a peak that was so recent. So I think it's normal for the Chiefs to be in this big-time lull right now, but I think it's good that they're having it now and not, you know, they didn't just run over their competition for the first two months of the season, and now they're tired. Now they're hurt, and it's week 16. They're banged up and tired and, you know, exhausted right now. They have time to figure it out, right the ship, and get back into their Chief caliber towards the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. Now is the right time to have your, <laughs> your lull. And, you know, get it out of the way now and then try to get that hot streak towards the end of the season going into the playoffs when it matters. You don't want to be that team that is, is running the table to start the season. And then all of a sudden come the final weeks, you know, you start losing some games. And even if it's even if you have the playoffs locked up, still, you want to kind of get some wins. You don't want to just kind of coast in and then you come out in that first week of the playoffs and then just lay an egg. Because it's like, oh, well, you know, we, we weren't really playing that hard. We didn't need to. You know, we were resting guys. Then all of a sudden, you're not in that rhythm anymore. You want to kind of keep that flow going and and get it get it in that right state of mind as, as you go along in the season. Yeah, exactly. And I'm looking through this list right now. The only teams to really beat this Super Bowl curse and not have a real bad lull afterwards in the past, like, basically eight years here uh, are the Seahawks. The Seahawks made it and um, to the Super Bowl and lost. And basically Russell Wilson didn't skip a beat and they continued to make the playoffs, but they haven't been back to Super Bowl since they, their last uh, appearance, right? Um, the Panthers with Cam Newton were never the same after the, the Super Bowl. Falcons haven't been the same back to the playoffs since their 2016 Super Bowl appearance. The Eagles since their Super Bowl whim haven't been back and haven't been the same. Like it's a, it's pretty, it's a pretty yeah. serious stretch of teams here who make it to the Super Bowl and then run out of steam and they have to flip the script. It's really only the Patriots and the chiefs for the past two years 
who have put together these truly consistent runs of being just, you know, otherworldly. Yeah. It's interesting to see who will, who, who can break that, <laughs> who can break that mold. And if it's not the, uh, if it's not the Madden curse, you know, it's the, <laughs> yeah, the, Super, yeah. the Super Bowl curse. And, and that's kind of what people were getting on Mahomes for now is that, that the Madden curse finally caught up with them <laughs> again. <laughs> I'm glad people still talk about the Madden curse. That was such a huge thing. It was, it was, it was a big up. thing. It was, it was like in, in the, in the early two thousands, you know, for, for a long time, I think it was like for at least, you know, 10 years or so. It seemed like anybody who was on that Madden cover had some sort of, of injury yeah. or just terrible season after being on, on the cover. And, you know, now that finally returns again. <laughs> I remember it was Ray Lewis on the 2005 cover and it was the first defensive player and he didn't, he didn't get hurt. He had a good season. He had a, a normal Ray Lewis season. And everyone's like, Oh, well the Madden curse only applies to offensive players. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's making the rules for this curse here? Right. I remember, I think it was like, I think it was the, the one year I think when Vic was on it, yep. he got, got hurt. hurt. Um, now, now I'm looking. Uh, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I know Peyton Hillis was on it and then he had a terrible, it was, year. Yeah, it was just, it was just a dud after that, that big season he had. There was a bunch. Uh, Vic was 04, which is one of the best Maddens, I'd say, ever. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, uh, well, we had Antonio Brown on it in 2019. <laughs> so we, that was 2019, and then you know he was off the face of the earth. Oh, right, right. That was when he just, just kind of exploded, yeah. <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. has not been the same since his Madden cover. Oh, yeah, see, look at this. Oh, the, my uh, God. Uh, no, it was, oh, Sean Alexander. Was yeah. another one there. <laughs> Let's see who's who's beaten the Madden curse. You Drew know? <laughs> Brees definitely beat it. Drew Brees beat the Madden curse. Yeah. Larry Fitz and Paul Malu shared the cover in 2010. They beat the curse, I think, kind of right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think there wasn't any big. Uh, oh, Favre, your boy Brett Favre had it in 09. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then he retired and then went to the Jets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, see, see how that, see how that turned out. Uh, yeah, Vince Young had it. Uh, he had Young. the curse for sure. That's crazy. It really is. I think it was even before the leading up to Vic. It was getting like a little sketchy, and then like Marshall Falk, yeah, yeah, Cole <laughs> Pepper. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was funny. It was. Yeah, it was a different t- different times back then when it was like, oh, the man and curse and. And everything related to that, the the complete history of, of the Madden curse that I'm going through, you know, looking at those, the final. What's yeah, the first yeah. Madden that you remember? I think the first, well, Madden, I think one of the first ones that I know I really played was Madden 98, I think, on PlayStation. I mean, that was, I mean, now I played some of the ones on Super Nintendo, I never had one of them uh, at any of the Madden games. I mean, I had Super Nintendo, but maybe I would rent it. But I think once the PlayStation era came out, that was like the first time I played it. But then it was really the PS2, the the Madden 03 and 04 were the like the the big ones that yeah. were really the thing. I remember because I know well, it's a funny story was that and I think Madden 03, the one with Falk on the cover, was the first year that you could play online on the PS2 against people. And you had your user account, you'd get your your rankings for wins and losses. 
and me and two of my friends would would hang out like pretty much every day like a- after school and we would you know go online we'd play against people and either if we were winning or losing we'd get to halftime of the game and just let it sit on the waiting menu because if somebody quit on you you would get a win for for the game <laughs> <laughs> so we would get we'd play to halftime let us sit on that menu and then we would leave, go to Seven Eleven, and, and get like snacks or something <laughs> and come back to see if, if the person quit because they couldn't wait anymore. And then we could get a win and move up I'll in the rankings. The yeah. And yeah. it changed the whole system for, because of you guys. P- pretty much. Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> would come back in and then say, okay, your opponent has, has left the game. And then one of the, the best ones was the, um, NFL 2K5 on the on the original Xbox. That Terrell Owens on the cover. Yep, yep, that's the one there, and yeah. uh, that was I think that's still I think one of my my favorite football games was was that one, and me and my friends would always play that, and on the Xbox Live era when we would all play online against each other, and another one was when uh, me and two of my friends were at my friend's house playing against one of our other friends who was at his own house. And he was playing as I forget. I think it was the I forget who he was, but I know I think we were playing as the Cowboys. And no, oh no, he was playing as the Cowboys. We were playing, I think, as the Panthers because that was when they had uh, Jake Delome, yeah. uh, Stephen Davis, and Steve Smith. It was like Stephen Davis was just like a power running back that would just destroy everybody in that game, and. I think we he was the Cowboys. He was at like the one yard on his own one and ripped off a 99 yard run with Eddie George. <laughs> and as as we as he was running for the end zone, my my friend who was on our side playing the game just pulled the pulled the plug on <laughs> on the game and he's just waiting there and he just says you're trying to reconnect because he's like scroll we're not we're not letting this guy run, run off a 99 yard run with eddie george against us and eddie george was i'm assuming old at that point he yeah yeah prime anymore that's no that's no funny. no so it was like him somehow ripping off a 99 yard run in, in that game was like we're like no way he can't make this i think like the last one of us tried to dive and missed and and my friend just went up, hit the button. And is like, all right, we're done here. <laughs> like, <laughs> so we're my friend, so, yeah, exactly. So my friend's always like, yeah, I was sitting there. I, I had that run. And then all of a sudden it just brought up the screen saying, trying, waiting to reconnect and just spinning and spinning and spinning. And then connection lost. You win the game. Yeah. So. <laughs> it, 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 back then it worked out different. Now they know, they know all the tricks of the trade. If these kids tried to do that, they'd get reported. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd be kicked and, off. Yeah, you can't off have any like can't that. have any fun these days. That's the problem, <laughs> right? Like it's crazy. I I played I I uh, back then I didn't have online. I don't remember I don't remember playing Madden or uh, or two K online back then. I was I mean granted I was only born in ninety four, so I was like ten. The first Madden I remember was the Marshall Falk 03. Then the Vic 041 really just went crazy, um, and took off. Of course, right but I didn't have online there. So I didn't have all those escapades until later. I remember playing MLB, the show though, online, the, for the OG MLB, the show, like I think it was also PS2. And then you play online and guys just like, 
won't throw a strike the entire <laughs> game. I'm like, how is is this fun for you? Like you're sitting back over there, you're just gonna throw a hundred balls, no strikes. You why is this fun? And like I I ended up not playing online anymore because it was pissing me off so much. I'm like, come on. Like, I'm trying to have fun. I'm trying to hit some dingers. If I give up a dinger, so be it. But throw a strike. Let me swing the bat once in a while. So I started taking walks, and then they started throwing strikes. You got to play their game, fire with fire. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to throw strikes. I'm not going to swing. And just say, okay, just load the bases. Okay, if you want to walk in a run, yeah, go for it. I'll, I'll win this way. We'll, we'll take our time. It'll, it'll take us six hours to play this game. But but so be it. <laughs> I got time. Yeah. I got nothing else to do. Another random thing that just popped into my head, actually, because I, I brought up MLB The Show. I, I feel like you obviously know and be familiar with this. You were an MVP baseball guy by chance? Yes, yes. Amazing baseball game franchise. And I remember when I figured out how I kind of beat the system against the computer. I've always been a huge fan, to this day, actually, as an adult. Uh, I've been a huge fan of the franchise modes where you kind of draft your team and whatever. I still I could still do it to this day. But I had a team way back when. And Vlad Guerrero was on my team. And over the course of time, I realized that the computer, every time against Vlad Guerrero, the first two pitchers were balls. Every <laughs> single time. Like, especially because I think I bumped it up finally to like a harder level. And I was swinging. I was getting pissed. And I'm getting 0-2 all the time, 0-2. And I finally learned. I was like, oh, my God. There hasn't been a strike thrown to Vlad Guerrero in the first two pitches since I can remember. So I realized I beat the system. <laughs> And the third pitch was always a strike. So I beat the system. And it wasn't MVP 05, which I think is the one everybody with Manny Ramirez on the cover. That's the one everybody talks about. This is the one, I believe it was 03. It was Miguel Tejada and Randy Johnson shared the cover. Miguel Tejada is a throwback name Mm -hmm. for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Maybe it was 03 or 04. It was right before the 05 one. And I remember that my Vlad Guerrero season was just like a 600 batting average, like insane home runs. And I was playing on the hardest level. And it was because I figured out how to beat the system that the computer threw a ball every pitch one and pitch two. And I learned, I learned to uh, adjust and beat the system. Man, that, that was the, the golden age of the, <laughs> of the, of the, the sports video games uh, during, during those years, the, uh, the, the PS2 original Xbox era of the like i said it's like the wild wild west of of games and and playing them compared to to now i mean i I haven't played anything recently in in years uh, when it comes to you know new maddens or or the show or any anything like that i mean i think the last madden i think i might have played might have been like 2016 maybe that might have been the latest one uh but this doesn't seem to have the same, you know, cachet to it uh, anymore. Yeah. In ways it's like too good, you know? And yeah. It's a weird yeah. thing to say. Cause I'm, I'm the type of guy I'll push back. You asked for hot takes before about football. I'll give you a hot take that I had that uh, really, it gave people a run on Twitter. People were not thrilled with this take. Um, basically what I said was, if you're talking about super smash brothers now, are you a smash fan? I am. Yes. Yes. Me, me too. So what I said on Twitter was if you think that the original Nintendo 64 Super Smash Brothers is the best version of that game, then you are letting nostalgia ruin your life or something like that. Like I just like, <laughs> I just went off and I was like, the GameCube one is way better for starters. 
And if you go to the new games, the new games, the, the gameplay is so much more smooth. There's more moves. There's more characters. There's more maps. And it is a more beautiful experience playing the game. And I just can't take anybody anybody's opinion too seriously <laughs> when they say the 64 one's the best because it's just nostalgia you know, blinding me. It, it is. It People is. It is so mad yeah. at me. <laughs> yeah, that, it is that. a hot take. You are going to piss off a lot of people <laughs> with, with that one. Cause I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I played hours upon hours of, of the original super smash brothers on Nintendo 64 with my friends at sleepovers or just, just hanging out. And even the, even the GameCube one, I remember was pretty good in playing that one, but I don't even think I've even really played many of the other ones after that. I mean, I might have played them once or twice at some friends' houses who who had them, but it said it, it is it is nostalgia at that point. It's the ones you grew up right. on playing, and you played it all the time. And okay, sure, the other ones you played a few times now and then, but yeah, it's it's gonna blind you, and that's when it comes to all that stuff with nostalgia and. And like we were talking about Zima before, and, and yeah, <laughs> nostalgia. It's, 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 it's right, right. It's not gonna. It's 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 certainly not a great beverage that people are gonna write home about. But it's just <laughs> nostalgia of saying, "Hey, this was from the '90s, and and that it was it was crappy then, and it's still crappy now." But hey, I'll still buy it and drink it just to say, "Hey, it's it's a throwback." So when Zima comes back with their 2022 limited edition, <laughs> we're having a 90s party and we're well, playing exclusively N64, yeah. drinking Zimas. <laughs> Who, are we listening to Wu-Tang? Are you a Wu-Tang fan? I, I like some Wu-Tang. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a huge Wu-Tang fan, but I'll, 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 I'll take some. I'll take some wu I'm more of a, you know, a, a Tupac. There we you go. Know, you know, biggie, also 90s, you know. we'll take it. Right, just, yeah. I was thinking they're, they're 90s in my head. Even. Yeah, yeah, also, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's top of mind because they're a show on Hulu that I just... Right. <laughs> and I'm from Staten Island, so, you know, it's the full circle thing there. Yeah, um, see? It works we, out. We need to have a, a 90s party. Zima, Super Smash Bros., <laughs> Uh, original Mario Kart, which honestly the take was more directed at Mario Kart. I made it about Smash there. The original Mario Kart versus the new, well, again, like the Smash original Wii versions of Mario Kart, I think we're so much better. I don't want to even go further with this take. I think I might be <laughs> you're just gonna, you're just gonna, yeah, you're just gonna keep <laughs> digging yourself deeper, and people are gonna just gonna be you be pissed off at you and say, man. I, I, think I, I really, I really, I really like this guy, and then he started <laughs> just just shitting on everything. That, that, that I, I like and enjoy. <laughs> yeah. The worst one was Spider-Man because I uh, I uttered the words that I, I like Tom Holland Spider-Man. I don't know if you're a Marvel guy. Uh, I like Tom Holland Spider-Man better, I think. And I got some actual... You know what? On that one, I had to reconsider and I went back and watched the films and... That's not the with, with movie. Well, you mean you mean him? You, you're talking about him over what? Over the Toby, Toby Maguire? Yeah, yes. I, I'm I'm a Toby Maguire fan when it comes to with to that Spider-Man, one. Yeah. I think I was I was kind of running with like a chicken without a head with that part of the take <laughs> because I got some well thought out as well as angry. I also got some well thought out messages in return some from from some friends on that one, and he was like, "Listen, man, the other the Nintendo stuff, I think I could live with that, but you got to rethink this. Those uh, Rainy films, because Rainy uh, Tom Rainey is that the guy who directed those? He's like they're off the charts. You got it. When was the last time you watched them? Go back and watch them again. Whatever. So that one, I actually had to come around full circle on. I went back and watched. I was like, damn, those all, those were really really awesome films. But in the world of film and movies and TV shows, 
it's much easier for those to stand the test of time than a video game where the tech is just so much better. Storytelling is storytelling, but tech on video games. So I had a, you know, I had to give it up where I, where I saw fit, but I'll stand by the N64. <laughs> hey, you got, you got to stand with your, with your, with your viewpoint and you got to, you know, you, you can't let it down. Exactly. We're not, we're not here to be, uh, you know, what's, what's the, what's the term? Fair weathered with our takes, right? We're not, exactly. We're not fair weathered on our takes. You have to be strong in this business. <laughs> exactly. You're stick. You you made your point. You're sticking with it, and and that's it. There's no turning back now. You're you're not gonna flip flop on it. You're not gonna. No, you know, there's something to say about you get some new information. You go back and revisit. I think it's uh it's very big of somebody to say I think I was wrong. You know, that's that's pretty tough thing for people to say. So I was wrong maybe on the Spider-Man stuff. But I can't buy the Nintendo 64. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, now, now that Pete has totally pissed everybody off, um, that will, that will do it for us this week. <laughs> no, no, but, but... <laughs> no, but, but seriously, no, no, Pete, no, this is great, great chatting with you. Yeah. I mean, I think we're, we, we could probably keep going on here for, for hours upon hours of, when of, did we of start? debating yeah. on, um, um, I don't know, at least, at least an hour and over, over an hour at this point, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll leave it on the table for, for part two. We'll, we uh, we'll, we'll reconvene and, and go from there. So you want to, you want to tell everybody where, where they can find you and, you know, give, give a plug to you, to your podcast and all that good stuff. For sure. First off, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, it was super fun. I hope people weren't expecting more sports talk. That's my bad. I, we got so carried away with everything else. I'm not sure. Is that normally how it goes around here? I don't know where it goes. I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I sit here and, and I, I try to steer the ship, but, you know, you know, iceberg dead ahead. Um, we might crash into it and, and see what happens. And like I said, w- once the drinks start flowing, uh, you, you don't know where you're going to end up. <laughs> it's just that stream of consciousness between two people. I think it's a beautiful thing. I yeah. greatly enjoyed it. Uh, I try to capture some of that same stuff on my podcast to segue back to the to the plug that you're allowing me to do here. Um, my podcast is called Subway Sports Talk, as you mentioned. It's on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is at Subway Sports Talk, TLK, because they don't let us have enough characters, which annoys me. And then Instagram <laughs> is at Subway Sports Talk, spelled correctly, T-A-L-K at the end there. And, uh, yeah, you can just check that out and appreciate it. Anybody who gives a, a listen or a tweet or a like or whatever it may be, I'm sure you could uh, utter the same sentiment. Man, the, the fact that anybody takes time out of their day to listen to what we have to say, man, it's the most beautiful thing ever. And even more so – when then they reached out and be like, Hey, that was a great show. Like that is, there's nothing really that tops that feeling when somebody said, yo, that last episode was great. So I love doing this. I have fun doing it. So if you appreciate it, I appreciate you. So that's really all I got. And thanks Bob for, uh, for having me in. Oh, hey, Hey Pete, thanks again for coming on the show and yeah, be sure to check him out, check out the show. You know, give him a follow. Send him some angry tweets about his, oh, his yeah. hot takes <laughs> on, <laughs> on on everything. But yeah, we'll we'll definitely do it again. We'll 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 reconvene for a, a part two, maybe towards the uh maybe we'll do a, a pre, you know, maybe a playoff Super Bowl preview show or some something around that time frame to see see how how close were you with your with your hot takes. 
for for the NFL season. Yeah, I'll let me leave you with one more. I'll give you one more for you. The Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson make the Super Bowl this year. Oh, there you go. That's there you go. A- and I think a great idea for an episode around Super Bowl time is ranking the Super Bowl picky foods. I like that. Yes, yes. We, we, I'm all in on on the food and the the food and drink pairings and all that. We've we've expanded more on uh, one of my my buddies, um, uh, Dennis, who does some writing for the website, is doing is doing a uh, a frozen pizza chronicles recently. He's on up to oh, number four, and he's you know trying all frozen pizzas and, and ranking them. So we've we've kind of expanded the the bumwinebob.com world into the the food uh, genre. So that would kind of line up uh, perfectly. So I like, I like where your head's at. We're really, you know, mind melding, you know, you know, now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll rank the super smash brothers to piss people off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bring them out on that high note with the food and then you're just going to really piss them off with, with that stuff. Yeah, man. That's great. <laughs> I'm checking out this DiGiorno review as we speak and now yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm blabbering on. So, I'll let you finish. All, all right. All right. Well, he, hey, he's, he's, he's Pete from, from the Subway Sports Talk podcast. Be sure to check him out. Tell him that, uh, that Bumwine Bob sent you. I am Bumwine Bob. Be sure to check out the website at bumwinebob.com. You know, check out the, uh, the podcast, rate, review, subscribe, all that, that good stuff. And be sure to check out the to drink or not to drink of the Barefoot Wine Seltzers. So that'll do it for us this week. And until next time, cheers. I need a beer.